welcome to the podcast podcast the podcast where we podcast about podcasts i'm dita and i'm lisa so dita how are you doing i'm doing okay it's been a minute since we did this it has we actually recorded a bunch at once and took like three weeks off thereabouts well i guess we technically we recorded that first week but close enough yeah we recorded on a monday um we both went on a road trip on tuesday you you, you went with me for half of a road trip and i did the <laughs> entire road trip the west coast is too big it's so long it took me days days <laughs> days of driving every time we talk about this all i can see in my brain is that little uh overlaid photoshop of like california and oregon over the east coast and being like see where the cities are in california and oregon you don't nobody's driving that in one day no i'm not meeting you at disneyland i mean at least i finally figured it out of just like schedule a campsite halfway Mm -hmm. through but even then it was like it was way too much driving a day (laughs) yeah but the good news is my dog's no longer afraid of the car, so... <laughs> Ooh! Well, that's excellent news. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, 10 hours of driving at once can do for you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, if that doesn't get her adjusted, well, she's in for a rough life. Because you like a road trip. I do. So what about you? How have you been? I've been muddling along, but um, I do have some fun news today. Oh? Um. So, due to recent life events, I have been on a, a kombucha kick. And, uh... I keep seeing soda-flavored kombuchas and, like, probiotic sparkling beverages in the beverage aisle. Um, and so I grabbed a root beer-flavored kombucha. And, uh, it's interesting. Mm. It's definitely kombucha. Like, you're not <laughs> sipping on this going, like, oh, yes, mug root beer. <laughs> it, it's, it, you can taste the tea, but it is not offensive. And, like, it's like a little hint of some, like, herbally something at the back of it. I don't huh. mind it. You uh, know, I have to admit, um, I've never had kombucha. You know, I I drink it for, like, very specific purposes. I'm not the person that's like, ooh, yeah, look at, let me get a kombucha. Like, that's not my vibe. Um, but it is very great for digestive health. And sometimes I find ones that taste good. I actually had one that was really excellent. That was, um, I think, semi-locally made. And it tasted almost exactly like apple juice one of my one of my complaints with like pre-bottled kombuchas is they they taste a little sour for me like i don't love that super sour taste Mm -hmm. and so that one was like it you know tasted like kombucha but you could kind of taste the tea and it was like a apple juniper and it almost tasted like apple juice i found it highly enjoyable and so this one is not um super sour it is like actually pleasant uh i will probably finish the bottle it's still not root beer, uh, but it's it's interesting seeing there's this other brand. It's called um, like Revive and they've got, um, well, there's this like whole trend of like prebiotic and probiotic sodas and sparkling waters and whatever else. And a lot of them try to mimic the traditional soda flavors. Um, honestly, if I'm going to have a soda, I'm just going to have a soda. <laughs> so I also have a root beer update. Ooh, mine's a little more exciting, I think. Mm. But because I drove the entirety of the West Coast recently, I managed to find a pound of root beer barrels that I paid way too much money for. World's best co-host. Yay. I mean, I haven't gotten any of the root beer barrels to you yet, but yeah. they're there. Um, I've had like three of them. 
I'll get them eventually. You will. Maybe in like the next week or two. Who knows whenever I next come back down your way. But yeah, finally found root beer barrels. I was walking down a street and found a touristy candy shop that had a barrel of root beer barrels and they were overpriced and I paid way too much for them, but we have them and they'll last us like the next six months. That is where I have always previously found root beer barrels, except for the random place in the desert. (laughs) At least we're making root beer progress. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, so I gave one of the uh, Reed's little root beer um, lozenges. I guess it's a lozenge. I gave one to my dad and he agreed with our assessment. It is very like cream soda-y root beer and it's not bad, but it It doesn't quite scratch that root beer itch. No, um, but you know what else doesn't? scratch any itches for me what's that tita (laughs) this week's show oh really so the way this works is every week we roll dice to select a platform a category and then a show we listen to two different episodes each and come here to compare what we listen to and give our thoughts on it so what's on the hook this week this week we rolled our dice and reeled in the maximized minimalist with Katie Joy Wells, which at the time of rolling was number 99 in education and Apple podcasts. And quick note before we go on, I keep wanting to call it the maximalized minimalist. And I think you may be having the same issue. I definitely kept trying to type out this show, this week's show. It was like, what the frick is the word? Yeah. So um, it's maximized minimalist. Is maximalized is like a math word though, right? Um, I know the Maximals were the uh, good guys in the Transformers Beast Wars cartoon in the early 90s. Yeah, close enough. <clears throat> they had the Maximals and the Predacons. I still have the original toys, which is relevant to this podcast because it's about decluttering. <laughs> From the description, a chart-topping self-improvement podcast, dishing the best, simplifying strategies, and can't-stop-listening re- interviews with inspiring guests including New York Times best-selling authors Rachel Cruz, Greg McKeown, and Lila Ali. Now, she does have a website, and it does have information on it, because her main business is selling decluttering coaching. She's a minimalist. Um, so this is definitely a niche. The website itself is minimalist, with a lot of white and blank spaces, much like the example rooms she has on her website, which is just a lot of empty white rooms. Tough. Boring. That's not, that is not, I was hoping for like somebody who likes bright colors and like maximal themes, but with like out all the extra stuff. Yeah, she has an example of a kid's room and it's like three white chairs with a white wall and like a frame with like a whiteboard, a blank whiteboard. Sad beige babies. It doesn't look fun. No, no. So Katie does give a little intro at the beginning of each episode in which she frames the show as being a guide for moms with homes. Uh, in more words, but that's the gist. Uh, but also an improvement on other shows. Since neither of us are currently parents, we are not the target audience for this one, so bear with us. Neither of us are minimalists, either. <laughs> no, um, and I'll go into that a little bit later, but no. So, what you listen to? I listen to Six Ways Social Media Causes Us to Overspend and The Psychology of the Sunk Cost Fallacy, Why We Hold On and How to Let Go. And I listen to How to Move Past Guilt and Make More Progress and Mental Health and Clutter, What's the Connection? Now, this podcast is thankfully short. I think both episodes I listened to were under 20 minutes. I got halfway through a third one. Um, So there's that going for it. Like, we don't have to sit through two hours of uh, her discussing decluttering was gonna listen to a third 
because they were all so short and I got through the first two and I went, nope. Well, so we delayed our recording for a little bit. And so it's like, oh, I can I can listen to another episode and still be in the zone. I got like five minutes in. I'm like, ah, it would rather I would rather watch l- or listen to or do anything else right now. So I stopped it. It's fair. It was an 11 minute episode. It's just mm. it, how it's, it's how it goes sometimes. Y- you were being minimalist about your podcast listening. Yeah, I was maximizing my minimalism about this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, the sunk fa- cost fallacy episode was about like half trying to convince me to get rid of books because books are apparently clutter. And look, listen, books are not clutter. Sure, they can take up space. And her website shows a picture of empty shelves with a, like a white vase on two of the four shelves and like empty shelves. Why would you just have empty shelves? And everything in those pictures is white. Like, why not put some books in there? Get some color. You could do the weird rainbow organization thing that I also don't like with books because then you don't know where anything is. But seriously, no, I'm hanging on to what books I have. I've gone through periods of my life where I've had very little in the way of personal belongings. I was in the Navy for a while. I had to keep a room very exact and very clean and very put away. I've moved a lot as an adult. And a couple years ago, I got robbed of nearly everything I own. So there's been a lot of times where I just haven't been able to keep furniture or clothes, art a friend made, books from my mom's childhood, things from my childhood. I've lost it all a couple of times. Um, And I like the stuff that I have. I have a bright, colorful, messy home. I have rainbow curtains and a rainbow rug and bright colors everywhere. I love it. I have my dad's art on the wall. My favorite books are on the shelf. And there's dog toys littering the ground because my dog likes to rip up things on the ground. And it's okay. It's okay to have clutter in your house. It's okay to have things on your shelf. Maybe you don't have so much stuff that you can't function, but it's okay to let yourself have things that make you happy. And this podcast seems to be the antithesis of that. I, I don't like her definition of clutter. Yeah. Like, she never explicitly says it, but just, like, from her website and just, like, the overall mode theme of this show, I, as far as I can tell, like, to her, clutter is anything that is not being, like, actively used. Yeah, but, like, I'm never going to actively use my grandmother's Bible that she had when she was a child. No. I'm also never going to get rid of that. To me, clutter is, like, when you have more stuff than you know what to do with and you don't have anywhere to put it, and it's, like, you haven't touched it in a couple of years. Like, books aren't clutter. (laughs) Well, and she's like, well, and you're never going to read those or whatever. It's like, um, most of my books are nonfiction for a reason. (laughs) mostly because most of the books i read are on kindle these days but like the books i do have are either nonfiction, um they're sentimental or they're old i somebody made a a meme post years ago that i found very accurate which is that buying books and reading books are two separate hobbies yes yes they are but like i feel like i slowly make my way through my collection every year i read a couple more books that i bought and in the last couple years i've really um, not bought many books because I got a Kindle and I started reading more uh, things that were published online. So I have, there's a series called Discworld. It's all these interconnected sto- uh, stories and there's about 40 books total, not including like side publications talking about like the science behind the world or whatever. I own approximately half of the books. Uh, am I going to reread every single one? Probably not. But like, to me, it means something. Like, the series itself means something to me, and so having the physical books is meaningful to me. 
that's not clutter. It's not taking up shelving I would be doing something else with. And, and like, in her pictures, she's not doing anything with that shelving. No. They're empty shelves. There's, like, two things on, on a shelf. And then I... empty shelves and a built-in above it. It's like, so you just have an empty house? Her idea of clutter is strange. And also, why is she calling this podcast Maximalize? Nothing... <laughs> maximalized. Nothing is maximized. Nothing is either maximized or maximalized. The minimalism has been maximized. Maybe that's what she means. Yeah. I, that, I don't know. Minimism to the max. What did she say? have to say about social media? Oh, just some rant about, like, don't buy things from influencers because it costs too much money. Like, don't don't be a sucker for online ads. I am very much a sucker for online ads. But also, it's okay. I think there's an argument to be made in that um, a lot of what you see online is actually dropshipping and is, you know, is just junk. But like, oh, yeah, th there's differences between like seeing a cool thing on the Internet and being like, ooh, that is a thing I would like to have versus like seeing some influencer. I was like watching a couple of videos about this recently, seeing some influencer have some cool doohickey and go, I need that. Yeah, I'm not a sucker for a doohickey, but I am a sucker for uh, a guest influencer, a YouTuber. You and I both follow, drop <laughs> some uh, pride-related merch. It's like, oh, I need a mug. All right. But, like, that's also you are supporting that creator. Yeah, I'm supporting a small creator who does ethical sourcing of their stuff. Yeah. It's not, to yeah. me, that's not the same argument as, like, don't just buy stuff online because you can. That's something. Oh, I bought a um, cup holder adapter for my water bottle, so I can actually have my water bottle and my cup holder for this trip we just did. And it was in the car the whole time, and I never used it because either you were sitting in the passenger seat or the dog was sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> I didn't have space. But, you know, now you have it, and if you want to use it, you can. Yeah, now I can use it and like actually have my water bottle in a cup holder instead of rolling away from me because I live on a windy, curvy street, <laughs> which was like the issue I, to begin with, is that the water bottle kept rolling onto the floor. So the first episode I listened to was also basically just the sunk cost fallacy. It was supposed, ostensibly, it was an episode about guilt, but she kept dressing up scenarios of guilt and saying, she kept saying, see, I've provided you with... How many number? How many examples was that? Like eight examples of guilt, and they were all just essentially the same forms repackaged. Um, mostly the sunk cost fallacy. You know, talking about, uh, you know, I can't get rid of that because I haven't used it yet. She also came up with this like weird number. She said that it costs ten dollars per square foot to store things in your home. Are you being charged rent? I mean, I am being charged rent, but not for storage. I'm being charged rent for me. Yeah, but like if you if you're a homeowner or you're living in a home as a family, like you're paying rent for the whole space. It's not like your landlord is charging you an extra ten dollars for every box you have in the attic. I mean, really, by by having stuff in your house, you're actually using the space you're paying for. Yeah. So I just like I want to know where that number comes from. Is she, like, secretly looking in my garage at all the stuff I actually do need to get rid of and going, oh, that's $10 a square foot right there? I guess. Like, I, you know, you could be renting out that square foot to one of your neighbors. <laughs> Unclear. Um, and so then, so that one was kind of like, to me, sunk cost fallacy part one. And then um, the other one was like, 
limiting impulse purchases to avoid guilt in the first place, which is like... So, wait, we listened to different episodes, right? Yep. But they had the same messages for both episodes. Yep. Huh. The other message for this episode, for in terms of, like, what causes guilt, was, um, which was, like, not bad advice, is she's saying that, you know, you shouldn't hold on to stuff just because you don't want to process the emotions tied to that thing, because, like, ultimately, that thing is still in your home and taking up, you know, it is uh, living rent-free in your brain, so to speak. Which is not terrible. Yeah. But then my real qualm, and uh, honestly, this is like our second woman talking to herself on a microphone podcast, and I have yeah. a similar issue, which yeah. is that she's not an expert. And no. You don't have to be an expert, but she starts talking about, like, how to move past guilt. I was like, are you qualified to, like, help that specific person work through whatever is causing their guilt? Uh, because otherwise... And then she started talking about, like, you should just give your stuff to someone who you think would like it because it'll feel good to give it. And it's like, people don't want your junk. No, I try to give my stuff away all the time. It doesn't work. As she did mention, which I think is kind of a cool idea, especially if you are like a mom with kids and, you know, kids change clothing sizes like every two hours or something. Yeah. I guess there's the groups on Facebook called Buy Nothing Groups. And so you can basically say, hey, I have two pairs of pants for a one-year-old. Yeah, my friend um, that has two six-year-olds actually is on her local Buy Nothing group all the time and, you know, gives away stuffed animals and gets toys and trades off stuff it's not a bad way to do it no that's like good practical advice yeah that's recycling that's like one of the like i don't take issue with that but like it doesn't really solve people's emotional attachments and she kept saying embrace the sting like you are not you are not a qualified mental health professional no but she does run a decluttering advice business same thing right (laughs) on that note the other other episode I listened to was Mental Health and Clutter. What's the connection? Oh, no. And she clearly does not understand the difference between correlation and causation. Um, so she brought up some studies done at universities. Uh, UCLA did a study on clutter, and they looked at um, cortisol levels versus clutter. Then there was another one where... Uh, so, okay, so that one specifically... You and I both uh, have experience with mental health issues and clutter. And saying that, like, our high cortisol levels are being caused by the clutter is a really hard thing to prove. Yeah, I don't think that's quite how it all works. If I had less stuff, I would have less cortisol. Like, when I'm struggling with my mental health, my house gets more cluttered. And, like, yes, that doesn't make me feel great. But if I started cleaning, I'm not going to suddenly feel less depressed but if you start cleaning the birds will come and help you clean and then you'll sing and become uh a disney character and everything will be better because (laughs) you're mopping the floor sure i mean singing and movement is great for your mental health one of the things she brought up was like this client of hers who lost 20 pounds uh and it happened during her declutter process where she started with the kitchen like, or she was able to start doing the declutter process because she was in a better place emotionally. Uh, and then because she was also in a better place emotionally, she was able to uh, deal with her eating issues. 
Or she was in a manic episode and wasn't eating. Or that. It could be anything. We're not mental health professionals. We literally don't know, and neither does she. And again, it just comes back to she the correlation versus causation. Um, the other things I wanted to bring up, this, honestly, I kind of wanted to send some of this to a maintenance phase. <laughs> so there was a study at the University of Minnesota. People, after spending time in a cluttered room, were two times more likely to pick a chocolate bar over an apple. Uh, okay? <laughs> sure. I mean, I would pick a chocolate bar over an apple, but also, I'm allergic to raw apples. Uh, that's an issue, but, like, also, uh, chocolate is, like, proven to be good for your mental health. And it's you know? cleaner and easier to eat sometimes. Biting into an apple's a lot of work. Yeah. And, like, if I want a dessert, uh, I'm sorry, an apple's not gonna cut it. I'm not doing the Weight Watchers bacon apple with some ginger ale. Like, that's... That is not a substitute. Not when I can just have a piece of chocolate and then it's okay and I feel a little better because I had a piece of chocolate. Yeah, because it, it, it genuinely has like compounds that are good for brains and also it tastes good. And sometimes yeah. you need a little treat. There is nothing wrong with that. And then there was another one that she brought up, which I just, I don't even see how it's relevant, that linked hoarding to obesity. Oh. Again, uh... These things are correlated. You cannot prove causation. Like, it's just, oh, it was so maddening. Like, again, maybe you should not be the one talking about this stuff. Maybe? Well, she doesn't have any books at her house, so what else is she going to do? So overall, like, I think my, my biggest takeaway from this show is that it is repackaged Marie Kondo. Do you remember when uh, the life-changing magic of tidying up was all the rage? Like, especially at the beginning of the pandemic? Oh, yeah. So that's similar advice, except for worse, because Marie Kondo advocates for keeping things that you like and you cherish. Yeah, I'm more for keeping things that I like and cherish. I, I've, I've had times, again, I've had times in my life where I've had almost everything stolen from me. Um, and actually, the reason I just drove the entire West Coast was to get some stuff that I had in storage for the last couple of years, thankfully, um, which was a lot of like stuff related to my family. It was a lot of stuff from you know, related to my family and stuff from my childhood. So that was all safe. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of that. I'm not getting rid of the Yogi Bear stuffed animal I've had since I was little that my parents paid 50 cents for at a swap meet. Aww. That's sticking around forever. I don't care if it's covered in holes and well, like, secretly uh, just a stuffed p homemade pillow. Who is it harming Yeah, for you to keep it? No one. No one's ever going to even see it. Stay in a box where it's safe. And actually, I'd argue if you got rid of it, it would end up in a landfill. And that is worse. It is. But yeah, so we are not the target audience for this. Um, we do not desire to declutter our lives or minimalize our lives or maximalize our lives. Well, the other thing I thought I should bring up is that I used to organize people's closets for them and their kitchens. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, there was a time of, in life where uh, I was it, unable to do my normal job because in order to drive an ambulance, you need two functional feet. Um, and thought. so I was doing the gig economy. I think I've briefly brought this up in earlier episodes. Yeah, I don't um, think you just, I don't think you ever described what gigs you were doing, though. Ah, um, I, I mean, I did a number of things, but I was largely like organizing for people. And like, the advice that I was giving those people is like advice I learned from like, trading spaces or uh, whatever the show Nisi Nash was on on TLC in the early thousands. And 
it's all very similar. Like, none of this is new information. And I... Yeah, this, this podcast just lost on me. I think we're finding a certain genre of podcast that is just one person talking at us and giving us life advice that really isn't needed. Because this does have a lot of vibes of date yourself instead. Yeah. Uh, a person who is not necessarily qualified to talk yeah. about the things that they're talking about and doesn't have any new information to share. But maybe they got popular on TikTok or whatever and decided to kind of do this as a thing and people listen to it. And I really think since our podcast is so short that they're really just supplemental to whatever decluttering business she actually already has. Yeah. She has like one-on-one -on -one courses and stuff on how to declutter your life. You too can give your child a sad beige bedroom. That wasn't even beige. That was just white. <laughs> I don't even have a white walls in my house. They're gray because no. Uh, we have like some white in my house accented with other bright colors and I don't mind yeah. it. No, you have, a, you have a pretty good accent wall. I'm, I'm waiting for you to get bored and change the color of your accent wall, but you have a pretty good accent wall. I have tolerated the lavender wall for four years. I don't know that I'm ever going to get around to changing it. <laughs> well, if you do, let me know. I'm really good at painting things gray. Oh, well. Yeah. Pro tip. It's, it's, it's amazing what can happen if you live on a ship in the Navy. You have to paint walls gray every week because they rust. All right, so what do you think? Do you have any final thoughts on the Maximized Minimalist? Yeah, um, declutter this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, good line. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to talk to us, our website is podcastpodcast.fish. Our email is podcastfisherman at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at podpodfish. Music is by the incomparable Evan Speakman, who you can find on Instagram as at Recording. Episode is edited by me, Lisa. Logo and associated artwork is by me, Dita. We'll be back with a fresh catch next week. Bye. Bye.